Welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. This highly practical podcast series explores HR and management hot topics and challenges through conversations with relevant experts and real-life people professionals. Brought to you by Actors Software, our aim is to build a better workplace for people. The HR Uprising is about collaborating and supporting each other to build the confidence and skills to rise up to each challenge and deliver real, lasting business value. You can find out more at hruprising.com or join our LinkedIn community. Now introducing your host, chartered psychologist, best-selling author, entrepreneur and speaker, Lucinda Carney. Hi there, it's Lucinda. I'm just jumping on briefly before this week's episode to say a huge thank you to everybody who has um, shared this new series with colleagues and friends and also who've been in contact or given us ratings. Um, Really, really appreciate those because it it makes it motivational. There's lots of work that goes into providing extra mini series like this. So I'm so grateful to you for letting us know you're finding it useful. To that point, if you want further resources, there is an ebook which goes through all of the things that we're, in fact, I'm based this series on the ebook, which you can download for free either from the Actus website, so actus.co.uk, or as ever, all of the links are on our HR Uprising website, which is hruprising.com. And then you simply go to the, um, the area where that podcast episode is, and we've got a whole page for the management series. And on that page, you'll find links to all sorts of things that are useful, other podcasts, I mean, you can find the back catalogue, you can download the ebook. So if you want more resources that you can access really easily, do go there. And on top of that, just to mention that in response to various requests we've had from people that we've been working with, a number of people said that actually there is a deficit of training. If you've seen my LinkedIn articles recently, um, you know, this is great having free resources. But if you have um, managers who really would like a little bit of support in terms of skills training, uh, as in just-in-time skills training around virtual management, then I'm also going to be running a four-module programme starting in November on virtual management skills. So again, you can take a look at that. We've got early bird pricing on at the moment, although I have to say that spaces are going pretty quickly, but we'll run it again if it's really popular. So if you want some practical training or you just want some reading resources, check out the website easiest for me just to say go to hruprising.com and then you can navigate around there and explore all the links okay thanks so much i hope you enjoyed this week's episode hello and welcome to this week's hr uprising podcast with a difference so this is the second in our brand new mini series aimed at virtual people managers so in celebration of my 75th episode which went out a couple of weeks ago, and we achieved 50,000 downloads just before that. Um, Hopefully you've tuned into this and you may have started to engage with our mini series. I really wanted to set this up in order to give something back, if you like, because much of the HR uprising is down to HR trying to support their customers. And line managers have absolutely been customers of HR And it's never been a more challenging time. As I'm recording this, I'm aware that we're probably going to go into a second lockdown that isn't a lockdown. So virtual people and performance management is going to be so important. And this particular part of it, which our very first uh, in detail look at what the perform model looks for, is going to be absolutely essential as we go into winter, in my opinion. So before I go into the P, 
which is all about perform the people first model. Um, I wanted to uh, say thank you to people who've been in touch um, congratulating us on our 75th episode. Also, thank you to everybody who contributed to our surveys around what the new thumbnail should look like. Um, we did go with majority, but it was quite a split vote. So thank you to everybody who joined in and I hope you like the new thumbnail. It's a bit more um, personal, let's say. And um, one final thing, have you noticed that we've got a new intro and outro? So the new intro and outro, again, I just thought it was a good opportunity. We've been running the HR podcast for HR Uprising podcast for a year. And I thought it was a great opportunity to freshen things up, to be a bit more concise. And I asked someone to do this for me. And this is a guy called Steve Ballam, who is an absolute star. He's somebody that I used to work with a number of years ago. He now has his own business. Uh, he supports me with a number of things, often for nothing, which is very kind of him. And therefore, I wanted to give a shout out because he is a very personable individual, very talented. And his business is called Big Ant Video. You can find it on bigantvideo.co.uk. He can help you if you're trying to create learning content, if you want video technology. He originated doing e-learning, but much what he's doing now is animations and video, storyboards, all sorts of um, things. If you want to create more engaging learning content, then he could well be a good guy to, to check out. So highly recommend Steve Ballam at Big Ant Video and um, ask him for the HR Uprising special prices if you do decide to go and check him out. I'll put the link in the show notes. So on now to what uh, we want to focus on, which is our PERFORM model. So if you listen to my introductory model last week, you'll know that the acronym we're talking about here starts with P for people first. So that's what this episode is all about and why we need to start by being human centric, building trust, understanding what makes people tick. Next week, we'll be looking at E, which is for expectations. Following that, we'll be going into regular reviews, feedback and development, how we can create an ownership culture, ensuring that we are recognizing high performance and also ensuring we're managing performance. So that's how our PERFORM model comes together. This week, the focus is all about people first. This is about us ensuring that we're people-centric. The reality is, I believe in the old style of office-based working, we probably got a bit lazy, if we're honest, when it comes down to focusing on our people first. It was sufficient to go into the office and see people in passing, say hello. Maybe we substituted just visually seeing somebody for understanding what was going on for them. We know that one-to-ones and uh, frequency quality conversations were not necessarily the norm. And maybe we could get away with that sort of transactional approach to management previously, now we're remote working. I think it requires more. It needs us to be probably more empathic. We need to have more flexibility. And above all, it's about building a workplace based on trust. It's about treating people as adults as much as possible and helping them to deliver high performance. Now, trust is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because when you think about it, all relationships that are strong relationships do build down to trust. And this actually multiplies when we think about remote management situations. It's about our level of confidence in somebody. If we don't trust people, then we might feel suspicious. We're unsure about their agenda or capabilities. There's something slightly intangible 
that makes a difference to our level of morale, our motivation and performance. So, you know, if you think of someone you trust, there's probably lots of extra energy attached to that relationship. It feels like you've got goodwill towards them, um, happiness, freedom. But then if you contrast that with someone that you don't trust, you're going to be wary of them. Or if you feel they don't trust you, you're not going to feel like trusting them back. And that makes us less open. It makes us less relaxed. We're not going to be comfortable enough to do our best. So you can see that actually, if we don't trust our people, we might create a self-fulfilling prophecy where they're not able to deliver their best. You know, the extent to which people feel trusted by us is likely to impact directly on their ability to perform and also their inclination to perform at their best. The reality is that remote working doesn't need to be an issue when it comes down to people giving their best. The issue is the level of trust between people within our organisations. So how do we build it? Well, you build trust by listening effectively to people, uh, demonstrating a sense of humility where uh, we don't know all the answers if you're the line manager. You can learn from others, maybe showing that sometimes we get it wrong or we're struggling too. It's about being open and honest. So again, it's about being real and authentic. So if we are a people manager, I would suggest that one of the things to do, first of all, is to lead with trust. As we as we're going into this autumn, it's all been very, it was all very well the first set of lockdown where uh, it was sunny and people could go outside. But the reality is now I'm conscious with lots of well-being potential issues that people could be sitting at their desk from eight o'clock in the morning and till five o'clock at night. They could do their eight hours if that's what they're there to do or nine till five. And it will be dark outside by the time they get away from their desk. They're not walking to the train station. They're not going out to get a sandwich at lunchtime if they're working remotely. So they're not even getting outside or any fresh air. I mean, what I've done with my team is say, guys, it's about getting the job done. And I would really advocate that you take a longer time in the middle of the day, particularly as days get shorter, to go out and get some fresh air to consider your well-being. You know, we trust you to do the job and it's it's courteous to let us know that you're going offline for a bit if you're working on something or you're going elsewhere. But I don't need to manage you through presenteeism. It's about adult relationships. And if we say, you know, I trust you to deliver, you know, it's about the outputs. We actually say that we trust people and then live along with it, you know, believe it, work with people to perform, then that is going to create a much more people-centric, performance-focused culture. So the whole P from this, it starts with trust and it's really about us being human. It's about recognising that the people that we work with have got other priorities, passions and challenges, believe it or not, and we want those to sit in harmony with work. If we don't fight it, if we don't force people to you know, artificially segregate, particularly when they are working in their home, we don't force people to do that, then let's give them the permission to build that work-life balance that works for everybody and we get the best out of them. So the thing that's probably changed, I suppose, really, is that we perhaps previously, we would have said that if you knew that somebody had caring responsibilities, or maybe we wouldn't have even known things about people's caring responsibilities or a passion for open water swimming, it might have just washed, washed over us. It might seem like idle conversation, but in this new age of virtual people management, we need to be connected with the person themselves. We need to be less transactional and not be intimidated by 
understand that people have got kids that, you know, re- let's face it, some of them are going to be around because their school bubble might be closed. So it's really about helping people feel supported, feel that you've got their back, you trust them, you understand them as a person, then they're going to want to deliver for you. It's about us inspiring people to want to perform because we believe in them, because they, they believe that we understand them. So we have to take an interest in people as individuals. It's not simple compartmentalization, because I can't pronounce it. It's not simple compartmentalization as it might have been previously. And that might be challenging for us because it might mean that the conversations we're having on a Zoom meeting, that we have to spend a bit of time having a bit of chit chat about people stuff. And some of us out there might not even be very motivated by people stuff. There's different personality types out there who are motivated by people, process, task, and you might just want to get on with the job. But really, we do have to be prepared to put the individual first and consider what motivates them and what's going to get the best out of them. That is going to be quicker in the long term. Now, that might sound contradictory because uh, it's easy for us to think that people management is time consuming. It it is. Uh, But it is part of our role if we're a line manager. And maybe we'd got away with not managing people effectively, not taking a, a, a decent interest in them as an individual and just being transactional previously. But in this new hybrid world, this is not going to work. Okay, right now it might be a buyer's market in terms of recruiting people, so they might not vote with their feet. But in terms of their loyalty, their uh, motivation to go the extra mile and also long-term retention, then it's definitely worth considering how we can take a genuine interest in people and work with them to enable them to be as productive and motivated as possible at home. And that is about where we're managing our virtual teams, thinking about the differences in preferences. So some of your team might really need that bit of empathy to talk about their cat, um, to have a bit of a chat. If they live on their own, it could be that that is their lifeline. If you have a a team stand up or a, a regular meeting where you all talk to each other and see each other, that could be really vital for some people, whereas others might find it something they can take or leave. So we have to find a happy medium. But the only way to do that is really listening to people, understanding what gets the best out of them and being prepared to be flexible. Now, I said earlier that actually it may seem like that's time consuming, but it will be quicker in the long run. And the reason I believe that it will be quicker in the long run is because of the fact that well-being is going to be dramatically affected. We're going into a season where it's going to be dark. People may not be getting outside uh, the second lockdown may be wearing. There might be people who've lost their jobs. As um, you know, they might be married to somebody who who has got uh, issues with regard to their financial security. All of the concerns that people had at the earlier stage of lockdown are probably unlikely to have gone away, and we haven't got the novelty or the nice weather that we had six months ago. So we need to be there for our people. Uh, you know, by by taking an interest in them, about being supportive, about giving them guidance as to where to get well-being support. And if you want to know more about well-being, I've done a number of webinars on well-being, which are recorded, and I'll put them in the show notes so you can refer back to if you want some ideas on how you can manage um, the well-being of people in your team. Again, those were aimed at line managers. So we need to um, accept that we've got these priorities outside of work and work out a way of accommodating those it might be that someone's going to be a, an early morning worker um, or they've got 
a love of chocolate that you can refer to on a call. It's just helping people have a sense of belonging and a feeling that their contribution matters. It's a challenge. There is no getting away from it that treating everyone as individuals is going to be a real workout for a line manager. This is a, this is a step up in terms of our ability to engage with people on a one-to-one basis and get the job done, all right? And all the other pressures that are there and no one's saying it's really easy. And I would therefore say, make sure you're looking after your own well-being. Do you get support from your line manager yourself or from your peer group? How are you recharging your batteries? Are you making sure that you step away? And the point about well-being is being there for people and having empathy for people and signposting and supporting them That's what people first is. It doesn't mean you have to take on every single concern that they have personally. And that's different too. So going back to our similar motivations or different motivations, some of us are very people focused naturally. That can also be counterproductive because we can end up almost living for our people or suffering with our people. So it's about striking that balance. So if we put people first, we are making it safe for people to disclose their personal challenges or achievements that might not be work-related or directly, but the reality is it's part of their whole life. Therefore, it's going to impact on their productivity. If you allow them to disclose those, to be open about what their successes are, hopefully, but also their challenges, they can bring more energy to the day job and prevent performance issues that might be caused by external circumstances or an inability to ask for help. Remember, we all want to live up to the expectations of people who believe in us and we want to deliver for people who trust us. So it might take a bit longer at the start of a one-to-one conversation or a check-in just to see how people are getting on with the exercise regime or the new puppy. But the performance benefits of building trust in that way will definitely pay back. So the summary points to take from people first are that the reality is that virtual management requires more human connection. Because we are more remote, we need to make greater effort to connect as humans, as opposed to just give it the tick box because you'd see somebody physically in the same department. Understanding people as individuals really is, you know, as a person, their, their individual nuances is a great way of building trust. And that takes time. Building trust generates goodwill, it generates loyalty, and it generates high performance. We've done a number of surveys over the summer on whether high performance and trust are related, and 80% plus of people felt that a high trust environment created high performance. 20% of people, or 19% of them, felt that it had no direct impact on performance. So a very small number, and this was a group of people of over 100 people, very small number felt that actually if you give people trust, they would abuse it. It's only a handful. And there are other ways of catching that, which we'll look at in the rest of the perform model. Because trusting people first and foremost, doesn't mean just get on with it. We are going to talk next week about having clear expectations. So you trust people to perform, you agree the expectations, you also agree when you're going to follow up on whether people have achieved against those expectations, and you hold them accountable. You don't supervise their methods. You don't micromanage. We don't get people to fill out timesheets. What we do is we start with trust and we give clarity, support and follow up. And that's what will drive a really strong adult centric trusting relationship 
where people feel able to admit if they've got problems, to ask for help, and it's going to help keep your team on track over the next challenging few months. So in short, this is about embracing the balance between home and work and really prioritising people before task. When we know people well, you can have a quick five minutes at the start of a conversation, but we need to be prepared to pause or take longer if there's an issue or there's a problem to allow people to talk about things and ensure that we maintain that trust. So that's it. That's our quick top tip for this week. If you'd like to read this, um, these are all taken from an ebook which I've developed, which you can download from our platform. You can go to the hruprising.com. The links are there and you can download the entire ebook, which is 10,000 words on the perform model. It's quite practical. Um, or you can just tune in again next week and listen to the audio version of it, where we will look at the E from the perform model, which is all about expectations. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying or finding it useful this first in our mini series aimed at line managers or virtual people managers and uh, if you find it helpful please do pass it on to colleagues let other people know uh, even give us a review very grateful for reviews because that helps us be visible when other people are searching amongst the many many podcasts that are out there so thank you so much for that do feel free to link in or connect with me um, and and uh, also do tune in again next week thanks for listening Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising, proudly brought to you by Actor Software, the joined up performance and talent management solution. You can access links to any of the information or resources mentioned in the show via the podcast page at www.hruprising.com. If you like what we do, please subscribe, tell your colleagues and leave a review. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising. 